0: Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome and thanks for listening to another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah. I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage. And tonight we begin our new series on the all-important New Testament book of Romans. And we have a very special guest with us to help get us off and running. As always, if you would like to join our conversation or if you'd like prayer, we have call screeners standing by and they can be reached at 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, here we go, starting a new series after our Q&A last week.
1: That's right, and I'm excited. This is the masterpiece epistle of the Apostle Paul. The greatest minds Mm. throughout Christian history have studied the depths of the book of Romans Mm. and have only discovered there are depths Mm. beyond their ability Mm. to go deep. Because wow. this is the great letter of the Apostle Paul, placed first in, among all his epistles. Not because mm-hmm. it was written first, mm. because, but because it, it's first in importance. Okay. So well, I'm looking forward to it. I hope our listeners will enjoy it. It's going to take us a little while sure. to plow through <laughs> it, but we're going to take it in chunks. Yeah. And we're going to have a good time in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to have Pastor Jim Bickle with us mm-hmm. as we go into Romans chapter 1 and about how mankind has changed from worshiping the Creator to worshiping the creation and have changed mm-hmm. the image of God into, a, into corruptible things. But we're going to have a wonderful time, Micah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, always, as always, yeah. studying through the Book of Romans. And we're excited this evening, as you mentioned, to have a special guest with us in studio, one of our missionaries, Pastor Macaulay Baptiste from the Isle of Spice, the island of Grenada. Pastor Macaulay, great to have you with us. Thanks for being here tonight. Thank you so much,
2: brother Micah and Pastor, Pastor Erika. Uh, let me just introduce myself. My name is um, Anois Macaulay Batiste. I'm from the beautiful island of St. Vincent, but now I'm a missionary in Grenada. And uh, some of you might be wondering, where is Grenada? Grenada is in the West Indies. And uh, I've been a missionary there now for the past 15 years. I thank God for um, this church, um, Pastor Rekha and his family, and this church. And it's a so good, it's a so good to be here this evening. And
1: again, I want to say good afternoon, good evening to everyone in Radioland. Thank you so much, Pastor Macaulay, and we're looking forward to, as we get into Romans this evening, the gospel of the righteousness of God, and we're just going to look at the first seven verses tonight, mm-hmm, yep. and so we're, we'll read this passage of scripture, and then we also invite our listeners to call if you have questions about this passage, or if you have questions about other passages in the book of Romans that have stumped you, we can go ahead a little bit If they have questions Mm -hmm. that they would like answers to in the book of Romans or elsewhere in scripture, feel free to give us a call tonight at 929-333-3739. Or as always, if you want someone to pray with you, we are here live. We have wonderful call screeners who love the Lord and want to pray with you and encourage your heart this evening. Give us a call 929-333-3739. So Pastor McCauley, start us off there in Romans chapter 1. Verse 1, as we begin.
2: Verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scripture.
0: Concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead.
1: By whom we have received grace and apostleship. For obedience to the faith among all nations for His name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace
0: from God our Father
1: and the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: And let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, God, we humbly come to you, Lord, as we begin this new series and begin discussing this wonderful book of Romans by the Apostle Paul. Lord, we just pray that we glorify you as we discuss it. Bless those who hear and bless us tonight, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: William Tyndale, of course, was the great Bible translator, the first to put the Bible into the English language. And he said that this epistle is the principal and most excellent part of the New Testament. Hmm. He said it is a light and a way unto the whole of scripture. No man can read it too often or study it too well; for the more it is studied, studied the easier it is, the more it is chewed, the pleasanter it is, the more soundly it is searched, the more precious the things that are found in it, so great treasure. Of spiritual things lies hid therein. So this is a storehouse, a treasure house mm-hmm. of spiritual mm-hmm. blessings that God has given to us in the Book of Romans. So, the Book of Romans has impacted nearly everyone who comes to Christ in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like when you first hear the Book of Romans preached or taught, it's almost like a memorable moment. You remember where you were. But do you have any memorable? moments or impressions when the book of Romans was introduced to you. In your Christian life, Mike, have you ever had that kind of an experience?
0: Well, you know, from fourth grade until 11th grade, I went to a really good Christian school in Colorado Springs. My parents made serious financial sacrifices for me and my three siblings to be able to attend, and I'm really thankful that they did because throughout all those years, I memorized countless verses in Bible class, and Mm. so many of those verses, which are still ingrained in my memory today, come from the Book of Romans. There's Romans 3:23, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God," and Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I had never heard of the Romans Road as I was growing up. Um, And for those who aren't familiar with it, the Romans Road, it's a simple way of explaining salvation, going through a handful of verses in Romans. But when I did finally hear of it as an adult, I realized that I had already memorized most of those verses, and they're really important verses, including those two I just mentioned. And that was a gift to me. So as an adult, I carry the Romans Road with me, even though I didn't know that's what I was sort of memorizing (laughs) as a child. Yeah,
1: I I remember the first time I heard that expression, Romans Road. Interesting, that's great. Uh, Pastor Macaulay, what's your initial impression or early impression you had to the Book of Romans? Um, Well, my first impression
2: on the Book of Romans is when I got saved. And I could remember one, one night I went to church, and... Um, the Holy Spirit and I spoke to my heart, and I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. But what happened? The person who who, who um, showed me how can I receive? Um, they took the book, um, they read from the book of Romans, uh, um, the book of Romans. In other words, they showed me the Romans road as well. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Romans yeah. road. And, yeah. um, you know, I will never forget that. You know, Romans yeah. chapter 5 was it, but God commanded his love towards us. And in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He read as well. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned. I realized I was a sinner. I was lost. And Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Also Romans chapter 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you thou shalt be saved. And, you know, I could recall as well, you know, after I, um, um, I've, after I graduated from college, I went back to St. Vincent. You know, and one time there was a missionary, an American missionary. He came to our church, and he, he preached from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1, verse 2, yeah. that he present your bodies, a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And from that time, you know what I did? I just surrendered my life to God. I said, Lord, this is my life. Take my life. Mm. Use me for your honor and for your glory.
1: Yeah. You Amen. Amen. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. The, the book of Romans is powerful. As you said, not only to show us the clear way of salvation, mm-hmm. and you both referenced the Romans road. And I can remember where I was when I first heard that expression also. Like, what is that? And so we say to our dear friends tonight, if you're not sure that you have gotten on that Romans road, if you will, the road to come to a a true knowledge of the saving power of Jesus Christ, are you sure you're on your way to heaven? through Jesus Christ. Salvation is not through our works. It's not through a church. It's not something we have to wonder and hope that we might be saved at the end of our life. Salvation is something we can know we have when we trust the finished work of Jesus, dear friends. So give us a call if you have any questions about your salvation at 929-333. 3739. And not only is Romans a book of salvation, but Pastor McCoy, as you said, surrender. Amen. As Romans chapter 12 really emphasizes in such a powerful way that has such deep impact upon us all. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. So wonderful. What a great book. We're going to begin studying this, dear friends, tonight. And as Paul begins the book of Romans, there are three ways that he identifies himself. As the author of this book so Pastor McCauley why don't you take up the first one where Paul sees himself as a servant give us a little insight into the importance of that statement and word all right um,
2: we see that here in Romans chapter 1 and verse 1 Paul said Paul is servant of Jesus Christ he said Paul is servant of Jesus Christ servant you might ask who's a servant you know, who is a servant? You know, a sub- the word servant there has the idea of, of being a slave, mm. a born slave, born slave. Mm-hmm. So, Paul was a slave to whom? Paul was a slave, not to himself, but Paul was a slave to, to Jesus Christ. Because he said, Paul is servant of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, of Jesus Christ. You know, before Paul was saved, Paul was a servant to the devil. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, read John eight forty four, and uh, where John said that ye have your father, the devil. And we know before Paul was saved, Pastor, Paul used to do the things of the devil
1: that's right and then, the then when he met the Lord on the Damascus right. road, he said that's right, what wouldst thou have me to, to do? do
2: that's right, so he was a slave, he was a slave he was uh, he was being controlled by by the devil, yeah, you know he was controlled by the devil, you know he did um, he do the things that the devil wanted him to do, but now we see that Paul identifies himself as a servant of Jesus Christ and as a servant of Jesus Christ, guess what Paul did the thing that
1: are right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. He served
2: God as yeah. a
1: servant. He was a true servant of Jesus Christ. Yes, he was. And it also says here that he was not only a servant, but he was called to be an apostle where he always had to defend his apostleship because he was not with the other just apostles mm-hmm. called during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, but called last. He's the last of those apostles called. But he was directly called by Jesus Christ and then directly trained by Jesus Christ in Arabia for three years, mm. the basic same amount of time he w- that the other apostles were trained by our Lord Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry. And there are no apostles today, dear friends. Amen. If you go to a church that says they have an apostles or pe- or an apostle or someone who calls himself an apostle whether he be pope or whether he be a mormon or whether he be in some other denomination if they're using that expression apostle run because there are no apostles today and Michael mm. what's the third way Paul identifies himself.
0: Yeah, the third way that Paul identifies himself here is by saying that he is separated unto the gospel of God. And we know the gospel of God. It's the good news of salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so Paul says he was separated unto the gospel. And the Greek word for separated is apharizo, which is where we get our English word horizon. And Mm -hmm. when I looked this word up, I saw that the first use of it in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, was in Genesis 2, verse 10. And let me read that verse. It says, A river went out of Eden to water the garden. From thence it was parted and became into four heads. And I really like this word picture because we can all imagine a river flowing in Mm -hmm. one direction. And then at some dividing point... The river is parted where some of the water flows in one direction and the rest of the water flows in another direction toward very different destinations. Well, the Apostle Paul, Mm. for him, that road to Damascus moment was his dividing point. It was there that he was separated unto the gospel of God. His life was reoriented or redirected like a river to serve Jesus Christ and to spread the Lord's good news.
1: That's really that's a great picture. And there's another picture uh, as well with that word you bring out. We get our word horizon from it, which speaks of some kind of a boundary uh-huh. or a crossing line. You know, when you look out on the horizon, it's almost like the boundary of your vision. This word is also used in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 32. It's used twice in this verse, in fact, where Jesus said, Before him shall be gathered all nations... And he shall separate them one from another. The word separate. Mm. Okay. The idea of being, he's going to separate all mm. the nations. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a boundary, a dividing line yeah. between all the nations. And then it says, as a as a shepherd divides, and that's the word again, mm-hmm. as a, a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And so Paul says separated. Mm. It's like the Lord separated him. He was a goat. Yeah. And the Lord made him a sheep.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because as we were driving down to the radio station tonight, I was with Brother McCauley, and we were on FDR, and I pointed out to him there's an exit that you can take that either takes you to downtown Manhattan, like the City Hall area, yeah. or it yeah. takes you onto yeah. the Brooklyn Bridge. And if you if you make one little mistake, yeah. you may think that you're going to downtown Manhattan and you're uh-huh. 30 minutes out of your way in Brooklyn, and I just thought – you know that was another picture for me. Like you know, Paul was he was headed toward downtown Manhattan, but God said, "Nope, you're going to Brooklyn."
1: Yeah, and I've ended up in New Jersey when I didn't want to go to New Jersey, and yeah. I've ended up in the Bronx <laughs> when I didn't want. I, I've taken those it wrong roads to the
0: best. Of yeah,
1: us. many many times. You know, so Paul, on an a epo- and I could still you know I asked your uh, earlier your first impressions of the book of Romans. Mm-hmm. I could still remember Pastor Alex of the church when I was first saved, Uptown Manhattan, going to that. And Pastor Alex preaching from Romans chapter 1, verse 1, booming with his voice, a servant of Jesus Christ. So a, that is one of my early memories of Romans. Mm. A servant called to be an apostle and separated unto the gospel of God. So let's talk for a moment about the date and place of writing of this book of Romans. So, Micah, when does Paul, when do we believe that Paul wrote the book of Romans mm-hmm. in light of his travels and so forth? And I, uh, we can also, I can add in as yeah.
0: well. Yeah, well, I was uh, just historically, most believe that Paul wrote this masterpiece epistle in Corinth toward the end of his third missionary journey, which is his final missionary journey, around 56, 57 AD. And it's interesting because think about all that Paul had learned as he traveled throughout the known world, preaching salvation to the Jews and then mostly Gentiles. And since Paul could not preach to the Roman believers in person, he was sending this letter in place of himself. So unlike some of his other epistles, Um, that were written to churches, he wasn't responding to some specific issue that the church had. And so I can just imagine Paul sitting in Corinth asking the Lord to help him craft a letter with universal relevance to a group of Christians that he wasn't familiar with. And it was to be a letter that would be cherished not only by the Romans, but also for all Christians for all time, including us tonight.
1: Yeah. Most people, as you mentioned, say that Paul wrote the book of Romans from Corinth mm-hmm. and the, the place in the book of Acts and it's always kind of interesting to place the writings of these books where he was in Acts mm-hmm. is in Acts chapter 20 mm-hmm. and verse number 2 where Paul is departed to go into Macedonia and when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation he came into Greece and there abode three months that's the time that's the moment that three-month window of time When Paul was in Greece, Macedonia, and then Corinth, there abode three months. And when the Jews laid wait for him as he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. But why we connect this to the book of Romans is in Romans chapter 15 and verse number 25 where Paul says in Romans 15:25 now I go into Jerusalem to minister unto the saints so as you well said Micah Paul wrote a lot of his epistles mm-hmm. in response to problems they were having after he had already been there mm-hmm. <laughs> but Romans he's writing because he wants to go there and had not yet Mm -hmm. And that's what he indicates here in Romans chapter 15 also. I go to Jerusalem and minister to the saints, for it pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution... For the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. And that's exactly the time frame of Acts 20. Mm. He was in Macedonia. He was going through that region. He was collecting the offering to go to Jerusalem Mm. in Acts 20. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we place the writing of the book there, as you said, around 56-57 AD. Another thing that's kind of interesting to me about the book of Romans is if you read Galatians so much of what he said in Galatians he further expounds in mm-hmm. the book of Romans. So Galatians was an early epistle of Paul. Okay. He, he wrote that after his first missionary journey. Mm-hmm. But now he's he's becoming more seasoned and and so here he's going to take some of those seed truths in Galatians and expound them further. So we'll we'll see that as we go through the book of Romans. So yeah, Pastor
2: McCauley. Yes, Pastor. I just said about um, the Apostle Paul going to Jerusalem. You know, I, I just um, this verse just came to my mind. Um, in Romans, uh, not Romans, but in Acts chapter 20 and verse 22. And behold, and now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. Right. Say, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Say, save the Holy Ghost, witnessing every city that bonds and afflictions abide with me. But verse 24, he said, what? I'm going to Jerusalem. To Jerusalem. But he said, what? Verse 24, he said, but none of these things move, move me. me. Yeah. You know? He said, none of these things move me. He said, I'm going to Jerusalem, but guess what? I know I'm going to encounter some things, but guess what? I'm not going to be moved. Hmm. Amen. Right. I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to stay focused. Because he's going to have a
1: lot of trouble. That's right. And actually, and we'll see. To get into this. But when he gets to Rome, it's not going to be the way he thought he was going to get to Rome. But That's let's right. hold on that. Let's yes. hold on that okay. for now. So, Pastor Macaulay, how important is the book of Romans, and what do we what what is a good theme of this great epistle of Romans? Um, I believe that the great theme in the book of Romans
2: is the gospel. Mm. You know, the gospel. Uh, what he said in Romans chapter one and verse sixteen, "For I am not ashamed." Yeah of the gospel of Christ. So it is a power of God unto salvation mm-hmm. to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Uh, that's the reason why he wanted to go to Rome, to do what? To present the gospel. Mm. Yes. He yeah, had to present the gospel to the lost. Mm-hmm. So he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It
1: is a power of God unto salvation. And yeah. And, and verse 17 as well connects with that. For there he says, for therein, is the righteousness of God revealed. In other words, the gospel is the ultimate revelation of God's righteousness. It shows that he requires righteousness Mm -hmm. in order for one to be saved and go to heaven. Mm -hmm. And it shows how one can be made righteous by the perfectly sinless righteous one, Jesus Christ. And so I, I, I would say... That the theme of Romans is the righteousness, the righteousness of God through the gospel Amen. of Jesus Christ, and what an incredible epistle mm. it is.
0: Oh, I just I that's why I'm so excited about this study is because there are certain parts of Romans that um, you know you can be more familiar with or less familiar with but it's the putting it all together that's what i'm really interested in learning and i just i just love that, that the theme it's so simple you know as you just yeah. say the pastor it's kind of a simple theme first of all it's about the gospel and second of all the righteousness the righteous. through the gospel yeah um because you know you can get bogged down in the minutiae of it which is okay to do also but to keep the theme in mind as you study the book i think is really important
1: yeah and that verse is such a great verse too where he says it's the dynamite of God. The gospel is the power, the Amen. dunamis, right? The power of God. So here he's writing to the most powerful city in the world. Yeah. But their power is nothing mm. compared to the power of the gospel Amen. of Jesus Christ. So what we're going to do, friends, we want to go to a song here about the gospel. And we want to invite you to give us a call if you need to know more of the gospel. If you have a question about the gospel, if you have a question about whether you are righteous in the sight of God, we want to encourage you. We want to pray with you. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Right now, you don't have to wait. Give us a call, 929-333-3739, that we could pray with you. Encourage your heart in the Lord. we right Thank you, Lord, that through the gospel of Jesus, we can be and we are made new by you. And that's why we're here tonight, dear friends. We just want to encourage you on the newness of life that you can have in Jesus. We have with us in studio this evening, Pastor Macaulay Baptiste from Grenada, and we were blessed... A couple of years ago, just before the pandemic, Micah in fact yeah. to uh, mm-hmm. visit Pastor Macaulay as well as some of the other Grenadian pastors there that we support. But Pastor Macaulay, tell us something that is interesting or exciting about the island of Grenada there in which you minister. Okay, good evening again. Um, you know, Grenada is a nice place. We usually, say Grenada is
2: the Isle of Spice, mm-hmm. where everything is nice in Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yes. a nice place, and um, if you probably you are looking for somewhere to go to a vacation you could just come to Grenada it's very a very peaceful it's a very peaceful, mm-hmm. a very peaceful mm-hmm. um, country um for instance like some of the other caribbean islands you know they will have like sometimes at the end of the year some of them will have like 30 40 something motors but in grenada sometimes you'll have 8 9 10 motors for the year and it's very peaceful yeah you know it's very peaceful people are very friendly there Whenever you come to Grenada, and um, especially at this time of the year, we have like a lot of tourists usually come on mm-hmm. there to mm-hmm. to visit the place. It's a very nice place. I'll, you know. I'll yeah, I, I nice.
1: think another interesting thing, real quick about Grenada is when President Reagan was the president, and there was a coup of some kind, and he sent the Marines in and delivered the people of Grenada from the communist coup. And I know Pastor Dennis Celestine got caught up a bit in that, and God delivered him through that, and but he, Pastor Celestine, took us to the place where that mm. event actually happened. That oh, was pretty really? interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I just remember the people were very friendly. All the people oh, that we yeah. encountered in Grenada, yeah. you know, yeah. the yeah, people in the churches, but yeah. also just you know the random man on the street that we would meet. And I remember the first day or two when we were in Grenada, it was overcast, and so I said to myself, "Well, this is beautiful." But I've been to some really <laughs> beautiful places. But then the sun came out, and there was like you know a rainbow in the distance, and then the the island really lit up and it was it was really wonderful we had a great trip
1: yeah and oil down
0: oh yes yes that's that's our national dish you know our lungs are national dish we had
2: some good food there in grenada for sure yeah yes
1: well let's go to a call we actually got a call here from pat thank you for calling pat uh thank you for listening to us on the heritage of faith conversations and you're with us right now live
3: um hello pastor welcome back I've I've listened to you over the years when you were on before the pandemic and yes, um Pat. Yes and I also met you in the subway. I don't know if you remember me. Well anyway I do remember, um, I
1: do. I do remember your voice also.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah. and I had also um got a couple books from you to give to my friends. Anyway, the question is I was looking at uh, looking through a book and um um, this pastor or evangelist was saying that the church age is over. And I'm saying, I've, I've heard them said it before, and and I'm saying I don't believe that. I, I think that the church age will be over after the rapture. But right now, this is the last hour where we have to get the gospel out. And I just want to know your opinion. I know you're opinionated, and it's usually... Um, 90% in your corner.
1: Only 90%? Pat, how how could that be? Well, Pat, it isn't my opinion that really matters here at all. It's the Word of God. And it's clear that the church age will not be over until the trumpet sounds. Amen. And the dead in Christ are raised. And then Christ himself descends from heaven with a shout and we're caught up together with him to meet him in the air that's the clear teaching because jesus said we're to go into the world preach the gospel baptize those who are being saved keep the ordinance of the, the lord's supper which is for the church until he comes mm-hmm. that's the clear thing we're to do the lord's supper right pat 1 Corinthians chapter yes. 11, until he comes. So that means the church yes. age will not be over until he comes. So anyone teaching this, and Harold Camping, of course, taught this toward the end of his life, and he was he went into a very deep, dark heresy leading many people astray. I don't know what book you have there, if it's uh, written by Harold yes, Camping. Um,
3: yes, it's, it's the Open Forum, oh. from the Open Forum. Oh, that,
1: sure. And I'm looking
3: at it, and I said... Um, he used to say some things that I agree with, but then when he speaks about um, the uh, the church ages over, I totally disagree. It's going to be after the rapture of the church, and you have just explained um, what will, um, will be happening within that time frame.
1: Yes, and, well, um, I'm glad I'm in the 90% today, ter- uh, tile there with you on that one. <laughs> That's good, because it, it does say First Corinthians 11... And verse 26, that's the verse that we, when we take the Lord's Supper, we show the Lord's death until he come. And he gave the Great Commission, and he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel unto the end of the age. And so that's when, only then will the church age be over. As long as people are being saved, they need to get baptized. Mm -hmm. Where are they going to get baptized? In a local church. Where are they going to take the Lord's Supper to obey the Lord? In a local church. Pastor McCall, did you want to uh, weigh in on anything? Yes, as you know, as she was saying that, she made that comment. You know, I was
2: my mind just goes back to the book of Matthew. I'm um, just read one verse there, and and Jesus said, and Jesus said unto unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. deceive, mm-hmm. and, you know, and mm-hmm. these you know, we are living in a yeah. time where uh, a lot of people have been deceived. You know, there are a lot of people yeah. that have been deceived, yeah. like what uh, Romans, as we go back to Romans, mm-hmm. Romans chapter one. What the Bible tells us there, um, Romans chapter 1, let me just read that verse. In Romans chapter 1 and verse, um, let me see what verse. um, um, The Bible says verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth of God in unrighteousness. The word word hold there has the idea to suppress. Mm -hmm. To suppress what? To suppress the truth. Mm -hmm. There are so many people today. There are some people who call themselves preachers and guess what? That's what they're
1: doing. Yes, mm-hmm. suppressing so the truth. Yes, they are. Okay, Pat, thank you so much for your call tonight, and God bless you, and we'd love to hear from you again, sister. It's great to hear from you.
3: Yes. Okay, Pat. Okay, good,
1: good night, night now. God thank bless. You. Okay, so let's get into this, Micah, and talk mm-hmm. about what are some of the reasons Paul wrote the book of Romans.
0: Yeah, well, one reason Paul writes this letter to the Romans is that he wants to travel there, to be with them in person, and he's asking the believers in Rome to partner with him in that prayer. We know this because Paul says as much toward the end of the letter in chapter 15, verses 29 through 33, which we already referenced chapter 13 earlier, but just before his final personal greetings, he says this, and I'll just read a couple verses, 15, 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, for the love of the spirit that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. And then in verse 32, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may may with you be refreshed. Now, One practical lesson here is that God does not always answer (laughs) yes to our prayers. Yeah. You know, it wasn't god's plan to send paul to rome at that moment in the way that he was praying you know paul did eventually get to rome but as you even said earlier in the uh program tonight master he came as a prisoner he was shackled he was scarred from a snake bite and he was soggy from a shipwreck. Yeah. But all for god's gl- glory
1: that's right it was in no way did he think he was going to go to rome like that and and i agree with you fully micah this is such a great example that god doesn't answer our prayers the way we expect them to be answered. But Paul did make it to Rome. He made it. So he right. made it in God's, in God's plan and God's way. But where is it, though? He, he, he said that he prayed that he would be delivered. And in, in a sense, he was delivered. His life was spared, but he still was shackled, as you said, and and that he would have a, a, a prosperous journey. He even he even speaks about there in chapter 1 that he would have a, a prosperous journey in verse 10. By the will of God to come. And mm-hmm. so it, his, his prayers were not answered as he had, for, had expected, but right. God answered in his way. Right. And Pastor Macaulay, why don't we give another reason for the book of Romans being written? What's another reason? Why did what, As far as just explaining and proclaiming the, the truths of the gospel, can you expound on that a little bit? Um,
2: you know, um, I believe one of the t- reasons why, that's my belief, you know, I ri- right read in the book of Romans, I, you read Romans chapter 6, I don't know, probably, I know you read it, uh, Romans, um, you'll find the word sin, mm. the word sin made, uh, the word sin mentioned about 13 times wow. in that verse, in that chapter, out of 23 chapters, 13 times sin mentioned, and you know, and you know what happened? We're living at the end of, you know, fornication is not a problem. You know what's a pro- Sin is a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, sin. Mm-hmm. And you'll find out what know, what shall we say them? Shall we continue in sin mm-hmm. that grace may say, God forbid? Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the Bible says, let not sin have dominion over you. And the Bible says for the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal.
1: I believe, you know, that's one of the reasons why sin as well. Yeah. Yeah, and and really that the outline of the book of Romans, I outlined the book of Romans with five words that begin with S. Chapters 1 through 3 is sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God is a key verse in there. Chapters 4 and 5 is salvation. Chapters 6, 7, and 8 is our sanctification. Chapters 9 through 11 is the sovereignty of God, especially in relationship to Israel. And then 12 through 15 is our service. And so Paul Underlines all of that with the salvation through the gospel of his righteousness. So he does outline sin, salvation, sanctification, sovereignty, and service with the great theme, the righteousness of God through the gospel. So let's just work through these verses here, uh, Brother Micah, as we get down into verse 2 mm-hmm. of the book of Romans. Okay. So maybe share with us. Some of the, We're going to look at four truths, in fact, of the good news. Now, beginning in Romans chapter 1, verses 2 down to verse 7. Four truths. And the first truth is the promise of the good news. So give us a little bit more about what is this promise and who
0: wrote these
1: promises.
0: Okay. Well, let me read the first two verses of Romans again. Romans 1, 1 and 2. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So the promise, you mentioned, Pastor, is given to humanity from God. Mm -hmm. And his method for delivery was by the prophets who wrote the promises down in his Holy Scriptures. So from this verse, I understand that anyone who was writing the Hebrew Scriptures, which we call the Old Testament, was acting as a prophet. So we have... The famous prophets, of course, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, but also Moses, David, and Ezra. They were acting as prophets. Mm -hmm. And these verses, they sound a lot like the first verse of Hebrews to me. So Hebrews 1.1, God, who at sundry times in a diverse manner spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. So the importance of both of these passages, Romans and Hebrews, is that the writer is pointing out the authority and inspiration of God's Word, saying that the Scriptures are promises from God. Yes, yeah. human authors wrote the books, but those words were given to them directly from God, and they are holy, distinct from all other writings and books in the world.
1: That's right. And so the prophets wrote the promises that relate to the gospel. So the gospel is not something that is distinct from the rest of the Bible. Mm -hmm. The gospel of Jesus Christ, of his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his second coming, is something that was even promised, right, Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament by the prophets. And I I like where it says the Holy Scriptures, Mm -hmm. because... Our Bibles, you know, say on the front, the
0: Holy Bible,
1: the yeah. holy Bible. Yeah. <laughs> that the Bible is holy. Mm-hmm. It is set apart. It is the word of God. It is the only book in the world that is the inspired, inerrant word of the living God. And so, Pastor McCauley, the second truth, not only the promise of the good news, but the person of the good news. So look at Romans 1, 3 a little bit with us and share a bit of who is this person of the good news? What is he called and who is he declared to be?
2: Okay, verse three tells us concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the according to the flesh. And here we see that the person of the good news is who is Christ. He
1: mm-hmm.
2: mm. said the person. Um, verse three tells us concerning his son, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? He's God's son. Yeah. You know, God loves us so much. And the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So the person, you know, the person of the good news is Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's not the Pope, but yeah. it's Christ. That's right. It's Jesus Christ. Paul said, what Paul said in 1, one sixteen 16, say, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Yes. So the gospel is about Christ.
1: Yeah. His son, His son, Jesus, who is our Lord. His son, our Lord. That's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Micah? Well, I also just uh, like that that verse points out the seed of David. Because, yes. you know, you could do an entire study on that word seed in relation to Jesus. You know, going all the way back to Genesis 3.15, where God spoke about a future seed of the woman in reference to Jesus, uh, born of a virgin, and in reference to the gospel. Then through Abraham, you know, God many times mentioned Abraham's seed, which was going to bless the entire world. And then there's the blessing of Boaz and Ruth's seed in the book of Ruth. And finally, the seed of David, which is this description of Jesus Christ. And I haven't done a study on it, but you really could get a rich, rich study on this seed throughout the Old Testament referring to Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it connects back up to verse 2, where... He was promised, these promises were made by the prophets and the Holy Scriptures, and they promised that a Messiah would come who mm-hmm. was of the seed of See David. Of David. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the flow of this passage as well. And seed of David emphasizes his humanity, mm-hmm. that he came in the flesh. Yeah. The Messiah had to be a man, mm-hmm. but the Messiah is Lord. So this verse teaches both, yeah. that he is God, he is man. Mm-hmm. It's in just one verse. Yeah. And now we come to verse number uh, three, Micah, yeah. or four. I'm sorry, in, in verse four, that uh, that emphasizes, well, yeah, verse four, while em- verse three emphasizes his humanity, mm-hmm. verse four now emphasizes his person and even... More, Although verse 3 speaks of his deity, verse 4 emphasizes even more the deity of Christ. Share with us a little bit of that.
0: Sure. Uh, Let me read verse 4 again. And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. That verse Hmm. is just so packed with power and it's explicit. There's no subtlety. Paul is proclaiming that Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be. And who he showed himself to be throughout his life, his death, his resurrection. And Paul also speaks of the Holy Spirit almost as a witness testifying of Christ's deity according to the spirit of holiness, he says. And this reminded me of how the Holy Spirit was specifically present throughout the life of Jesus. You know, from the moment that Gabriel came down and told Mary that she was going to be pregnant not by a man not by a human man but by the holy spirit and then jesus's baptism of course the holy spirit comes down in the form of a dove and then straight through jesus's resurrection and again this reminds me of the very first section of hebrews you know which also yeah. speaks of jesus's deity You know, stated in a slightly different way, but for me, I just saw this parallel. It's a parallel passage. There's a connection. So if you don't mind, I'll just read Hebrews 1, 2 through 3. God hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high
1: amen so we're all ju- we're just in the fourth verse and already paul has mentioned these names of jesus he's mm. jesus he's mm-hmm. christ he is his son he is our lord he is the seed of david He is the Son of God. Mm. I mean, it's just so, the richness Mm -hmm. just right there Mm -hmm. in the names of Jesus Christ. And then he is declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. I believe that's the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. In other words, that the Holy Spirit confirmed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God Through his resurrection from the dead. Mm -hmm. By his resurrection. Mm -hmm. Because Romans chapter 8, Paul will speak more of the resurrection. And he will say that the Spirit of God who dwells in us raised up Jesus from the dead. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies so the holy spirit testifies to us that jesus is the Mm -hmm. son of god Mm. he is lord this one born of the seed of david is god manifest in the flesh the messiah the holy spirit has justified him as Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, he was justified in or by the Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit declared him to be, proved him to be, the Son of God.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just say, you know, anyone who ever questions, or who, who could say that the Bible, you know, doesn't specifically and explicitly say that Jesus is the Son of God. I mean they're just reading it with just completely blind eyes. That's right. Because if mm-hmm. if the scriptures were like taken to court, you know, God testifies about Jesus. Jesus testifies about himself. The Holy Spirit testifies about him. And then every writer of the New Testament and the Old Testament. You have to be blind not to see that Jesus Christ is yeah. who he says he is.
1: Yeah, and of course cults minimize the deity of Jesus Christ, don't they, Pastor Macaulay? That's, that's right. You know, even especially Jehovah's Witnesses, which are false witnesses of Jehovah. That's right. They're all over our city. Do you have them in Grenada also? Yes, we have
2: a lot of them in yeah. Grenada. For instance, I just said that we know that in the Jehovah Witness Bible, in John one one, they say, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was a God." Yeah, that's what it said. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they don't believe they don't believe in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. But Jesus said in John chapter ten and verse thirty, "I and my Father." I won. I won. That's right. You know, I have my father when we I've seen seen me I've seen the
1: father. Yeah, my heart breaks when I see Jehovah's Witnesses and they're so prominent in mm-hmm. our city because if there's any doctrine, I mean to me fundamental doctrine is clear in the Bible. I mean, that's why it's fundamental, it's and foundational because it's it's clear and it's it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. And for me, the deity of Christ just It it floods Scripture. It's Mm -hmm. not in one verse. Mm -hmm. I mean, just in these few verses, it's in in nearly every verse. Mm -hmm. And so, dear friends, if you are in this system that is called or known as Jehovah's Witnesses, please look to Jesus Christ, who is Lord, who is God, manifest in the flesh. And even this verse says that the Holy Spirit declared him to be the Son of God. Amen. Amen. With power by the resurrection from the dead, he is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So trust in him, believe in him. Don't just and and dear friends, don't just believe about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, I, I believe in Jesus," mm-hmm. but they just they just know about him. Somebody told you about him, and so yeah, you you say, "Oh yeah." You, we don't believe in Jesus the way we believe in George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, or. Whoever person of history, I mean, Mm -hmm. I believe in George Washington. I believe he lived. I believe, you know, his face is on our dollar bill, you know, and and yeah, first president of our country. But I'm not trusting George Washington for anything. Yeah, we don't just believe about Jesus. We believe in In Jesus Jesus Christ, our Lord, who's alive, and we trust Him and depend upon Him to save us, dear friends. Mm. Have you done that? And are you in Christ in that way? Give us a call if you have any questions. About what we're saying tonight. Nine two nine three 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 seven three nine. Nine two nine three 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 seven three nine. So Pastor Macaulay, now we come to verse five. How does Paul state a third truth? So we've looked at the person of the good news, we've looked at the promise of the good news, and now let's talk about this third truth how the good news is proclaimed in verse 5 talk to us a little bit about this wonderful verse
2: okay this was um uh, this verse reads by whom we have received grace and apostleship for the obedience to the faith among all nations for his name for his name and you know I look at the word grace possibly by whom we have received grace. grace what is grace Grace is simply a favor we don't deserve it Mm-hmm. You know, but but by Paul said we, we say we receive grace, we receive favor, we receive favor, and every day we live, you know, we have been experiencing the grace of God. We have been experiencing the, the favor of God, and not only that, but you know, you, when you read uh, um, when you read the Apostle Paul's writing, many of his writing, he begins by using the word grace. Mm, grace right. be unto you and peace yeah. from God. And grace is always before peace. <laughs> that's right. Grace, grace be unto you. And thank God tonight for his grace, because the Bible tells us, for by grace I save through faith. And not that of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works. Let's say, by whom we have received grace. By whom? Oh, whom? Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, by Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. we have received grace. For by grace I
1: receive through Jesus Christ, O oh Lord. Amen. And you know, this grace, he says they receive grace and apostleship. And an apostleship is one who sent out. And then he says, "For obedience to the faith, I'm reminded there of the Great commission, for obedience to go into all the world, because he says, "For obedience to the faith among all nations." Remember when the Lord say Paul, He told Paul on, the, on that Damascus road, and the Lord also told Ananias that he was a chosen vessel, he was going go to go to kings and all the nations. And so Paul received this grace, and he received this calling as an apostle to go to all the nations of the world, and to proclaim the gospel of Christ. Are you proclaiming that gospel tonight, dear friends? You know, as we just have a few moments left, but it's not too late for you to give us a call. Maybe you have not shared the gospel with anyone, but you'd like for us to pray with you. Give us a call right now. We have a few here who would pray with you, that God would empower you, give you that boldness, give you that grace to send you out, Share the gospel. Give us a call at 929-333-3739. So as we come to the end here, Paul describes privileges that we have in the gospel. So we have privileges. We're to proclaim that gospel. We've looked at the person of the gospel, the promises of the gospel. So when we consider the privileges, Micah, why don't you start us off? What are some of the privileges that we have through Jesus Christ in the gospel?
0: Sure. Well, right after Paul describes his calling as an apostle, he immediately points out that his readers were also called. He says in verse 6, among whom ye also the called of Jesus Christ. And what an amazing way to identify the Romans were the called of Christ, and Hmm. so are we. In verse 7, Paul goes on to describe his readers as called to be saints. And, you know, he's not talking about saints as some sort of super-Christians um, who perform miracles and the Catholic Church votes on. He's talking about simply believers, those in relationship with the triune God. And being among this group, the called brings enormous privileges with it, including the description in Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for the good of them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose
1: yeah isn't that ironic in a way too that paul says that all the saints yeah all the believers Uh in rome were saints (laughs) yeah Yeah. so the rome the church of rome Mm -hmm. does not have the power to name one Mm -hmm. or declare one to be a saint Mm -hmm. but they are saints Mm -hmm. or set apart when they believe in jesus christ Mm -hmm. <laughs> and all the believers in Rome <laughs> are saints. All the irony of it. So, Pastor McCauley, look. What about verse seven that says we're the beloved of God? How precious is that?
2: Um, yeah, verse seven said to all, to all, um, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you. And you know we are, we are beloved of God. God has shown His great love to us, and we are beloved of, of, uh, uh, as John the Apostles, the disciples whom Jesus loved. in John chapter
1: 21, I was seven, I was 20. In- okay, so Pastor McCauley, the program is going to be over in one second. The music <laughs> is <a> playing. <laughs> yeah. So we're just so happy that you could be with us tonight. Thank you for joining with us and sharing the gospel this evening, dear friends. We have received this grace and peace. And we want you to know that this grace and peace can come to you also, directly from God our Father, His Son. Jesus is that one mediator. Go straight to the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, and receive the riches of Jesus Christ, grace and peace. Good night.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbc.com.